millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to Season 7 of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And to kick things off, we're talking King Richard, as well as all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And Lee, Season Seven, it's 2022. This is our first recording session of the year. It's great to be back. It's so good to be back. And tell the listeners what we've got in store for season seven, Tim. Well, we have so much content. Of course, the cinema landscape is back up and running. All those delayed films are coming out. We're approaching award season. So we're going to be talking a lot about the Oscars and the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards and things like that. We've got some really exciting surprises in store for season seven. So watch out for those. Of course, we can't tell you what they are. We can only tease at them. Mm -hmm. So just watch this space and you'll be the first to know. And of course, we've got our usual giveaways, interviews, reviews so stay tuned and make sure you hit that follow button while you're here absolutely we really appreciate it well lee let's kick things off with our first episode of season seven let's do it and we're going to talk king richard which takes a look at how through sheer determination and his own coaching techniques richard williams helped turn his daughters venus and serena williams into the tennis superstars that they are today King Richard is directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, who did Joe Bell and Monsters and Men, with a screenplay by Zach Balin, who is currently penning the upcoming Creed 3 film. Now the film stars Will Smith, Anjanu Ellis, John Berthnall, Sania Sidney and Demi Singleton. Lee, I didn't know much, if anything, about the rise of the Williams sisters. They've always been tennis champions to me and my peripherals. Mm -hmm. They've always been Mm -hmm. at that level. I was so unaware of their story. Did you know anything about their rise to superstardom? I certainly didn't know about what an instrumental role their father played in coaching them and getting them there and pushing them. He had, what was it, a 78-page plan for them from before they were born? 
So it was 78 pages because in the film he always refers to this plan that he mm. had for both his daughters, Venus and Serena. And we never actually see the plan, do we? But I had no idea it was 78 yeah. pages long. That's, extra- <laughs> that's extraordinary. It's interesting that, you know, driven parents are usually seen as a bad thing. You know, sideline parents mm. who push their children and berate them. And even in this film – the spotlight is briefly on those kind of horrible parents who just don't support their kids and berate them when they get things wrong and, you know, that really kind of tough love that's just tough, less love. But Richard Williams had a lot of love for his daughters despite his flaws. Oh, he absolutely did. And you mentioned that the, the parenting style that you see throughout the film uh, within like the tennis junior tournaments, but then mm. obviously more pointedly around Richard Williams' approach. So this film really is about his approach and his wife's approach to parenting, Mm. wanting the best for your kids, right? But at what cost? So he has a lot of love for his approach to parenting. But I did find that his approach was quite contradictory at times Mm. as well, which is challenging for you as an audience to appreciate uh, and learn and take in a style Mm. of parenting. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I'm talking from a very different lens here. Mm. But did you find that really interesting to see play out how he was doing it? I did. But I think what I found more interesting, and we've spoken about this previously, that my apprehension going into this film was why they would Mm. make a film about him. Right. When Venus and Serena are such iconic athletes, like amazing, amazing superstar tennis players. Mm. And and yes, parents mould who we are, but these are strong, talented, hardworking women within themselves. And I was always a bit apprehensive about, you know, focusing so much on this man for their accomplishments. I found that strange. I found that a strange dichotomy. And when you watch the film, you can kind of see why they've done it that way. It is their story, but told through the frame of the father. Yeah, it's told almost solely through the lens of Richard. And I had the same sort of feeling going in that you had was, how come we're focusing on the father here? Mm. Because we, I guess, didn't really know much about his story, his influence in them becoming champions. So there is a very fascinating story there. But apparently he was quite well known in the media. He was painted as being this eccentric, you know, tennis coach parent who said outlandish things and, and was a real character. Yeah, well, I mean, with Will Smith's performance, which we'll talk about later, you certainly got that character coming Mm. through on the screen. But you mentioned that how he was really known to the media. And this is where a style of parenting that I found in that sort of contradictory box here that Mm. the film portrayed, which was he was very adamant about the kids being kids and living their life and, you know, pulling them out of the junior tournament because they needed to train and be the best in their class and everything. But that's all they were doing. They were studying, they were training. Mm. He put them in media interviews all the time. So he was contradicting his own Mm. approach to them maintaining their childhood lifestyle, but he was always working them. That's what I found interesting as well. At the beginning of the film, he's very much uh, working them so hard and they're going to school Mm. and they're training and and that's pretty much it. But then all of a sudden he changed his mind When, when success was on the horizon, he panicked almost. And they do explore that a little bit, that he the fear starts to get the better of him. His ego starts to get the better of him. Yes. Okay. That's a really good thing to pull out because I was trying to figure out a moment in the film where that changed, where that switch mm. changed. And when you use the word panic and his ego coming through, it's absolutely true, which is interesting because there's this whole life lesson as a parent that he gives his children where he sits down and puts on Cinderella yeah. to teach them a lesson about being humble and not bragging. Mm. But at the same time, later on in the film, when they get close and closer to going pro, 
he becomes that bragger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's a very deeply complicated, complex character, I think. It's like his determination to do right by his daughters and his wife, by extension, mm. actually undermines their own wants and needs. So it's very contradictory. And, and this contradiction could make him really unlikable in the hands of a lesser actor. It would be a mess. Oh, I completely agree. We'll talk about Will Smith's performance later. Now, can I go back to a point that you made mm. before? Obviously, this film focuses solely on majority on, on Richard Williams. Did you feel, having now seen the film mm. and taken it all in, that we should have and, and that you wanted to see more of Venus, Serena and even their mother? Yes. Did you think that they could have delved deeper in there? Yeah, and the thing is it's really hard to separate his journey from theirs, you know, you naturally mm. want to know more and lean into the Williams sisters' story because they're so iconic. And the focus is generally on them in this story and, and their rise to success, which is fine. Mm. But it's been marketed in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, as a character, did you get a sense of who Richard really was and his journey? I didn't see an arc really going on there. I saw a humble, stubborn man whose ego started to get the better of him. But was that meant to be the takeaway? There was a line of dialogue that stood out for me, mm. Lee, which I'll delve into, which was Richard says, this world never had any respect for Richie Williams, but they will respect y'all. He's talking to mm. his kids, to Serena and Venus. I wanted to delve deeper into why he felt that he was never yes. respected because they they scratched the surface right on mm. his apparent infidelity. Yeah. Um, and you never really saw the dynamics of the family too much. It was all very happy family for most right. of the time. Yeah. It could have been a bit grittier. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the real Richard, as you said, had to deal with so much adversity in his life growing up. You know, his father's abandonment, which they briefly mention, mm-hmm. the racism of the era, the rampant racism. Oh, yeah. And this huge life that's so rich is whittled down to a few snuck in background details. And that writing choice is a shame, especially when it's called King Richard. You know, it would have Mm. given us a deeper insight into this character. I mean, look, the film is well over two hours. So I wonder, Lee, my question to you is, do you think this film would have benefited if they had maybe a couple of flashbacks to Richard's childhood and upbringing to kind of cement his story a little harder into this movie? I guess that would be a fairly formulaic way of doing it. Mm. And I mean, this is a fairly formulaic underdog sports story. Sure. Really. It's ultimately a story with themes of discrimination, family values and overcoming adversity. Mm. And in that sense, I think it works quite well. Yeah, I agree. And going back to what we were talking about, giving more of a platform to some of mm. the other characters, i.e. Venus, I loved though at the end, obviously we're leading up to her going pro and I love the time that they spent with her yeah. playing the number one seed. I thought that was great because you actually saw her tenacity, her drive, Mm. her ability on the tennis court for arguably the first time in the movie. Mm. And I thought that was a really good creative story choice that they held on that game for as long as they did. It was very enjoyable. What did you think about the choice to focus on Venus so much? Because Serena sort of got sidelined at some point during the film. I mean, maybe the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they were coming up at the same time, weren't they? Fairly similar timelines. Yeah. I think Venus was two years older than Serena. Mm, Barely, I think, Mm. yeah. I guess Serena is on paper a better tennis player in terms of the number of Grand Slams that she'd won, Mm. the amount of money that she's brought home. But I, I didn't have an issue with the fact that the focus was more on Venus based on the timeline that the story was being told. Mm. 
Did, did you want to see more of Serena? Yeah, Is that where you're getting I kind of, I kind of did because the movie started out being very much about the two of them. They were inseparable, mm. and then all of a sudden, mm. she was nowhere to be found. Yeah, I guess maybe it's highlighting the process of going pro, and the focus that Venus had to have and her mm. journey that ultimately was then setting Serena up for her ultimate success. So mm. if they tried to juggle them both at that level, it might have been too similar, it might have been right. too much mm. repetition perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. Let's talk about the script for a second written mm. by Zach Balin. You know, there's a lot of lines, especially early on in the film, uh, where Richard talks about, the girl's going to shake up the world, they're going to change the world. And it's easy to yeah. say that now, isn't it, When that he knew with such certainty they would change the world in the face of tennis because they have. Yeah. I wonder how much of that was embellished for this film. Do you mean like having on record the things that Richard actually said yeah. or wrote down and then positioning in the context of a film, knowing what the yeah. outcome, the end result is, that yeah. you have two superstars? Yeah, it's a very good point. Of course he always had unshakable belief in his daughters. Mm. That's part of who he is as a person. But I just found it really interesting. Some of the lines that were being thrown in there felt a little cliched. Yeah. Look, what I found most fascinating about the interactions with characters was Richard and the coaches, because he clearly had this steadfast mm. like plan yeah. for his daughters to become the best tennis players in the world ever. And I just found it a hard pill to swallow that he would talk so disrespectfully to tennis coaches yeah. and wouldn't let them in on this plan, be like, no, she's not going to play in the junior tournament. I'll decide when she's ready to go pro. I mean, surely, although embellished to a certain extent, they had to have been true to mm. life because they're so outrageous, don't you think? He was so yeah. controversial about those things. And so the script kind of focused on those really outrageous parts of the story. It's certainly a bold move to not be giving anything back to the coaches who have just invested. Yeah. You know what I mean? For years and years, it's like play a tournament so they can get paid for what they're doing and basically yeah. we're training for free for years, I would think. Is that how it works? I don't know how it works. Well, I mean, uh, yes, I, I learned a lot about the tennis world and lifting the curtain. There was huge investments. I mean, the, the last coach that they had moved the entire Williams family from – Compton, mm. California to Florida, gave them a house, jobs on the staff, you know, all all these sorts of things. And then only for Richard to say, by the way, <laughs> there's going to be no opportunity until I decide that she goes pro for her to earn money in junior tournaments. Yeah. Is like, what the hell? Like his pull and his influence, but his stubbornness clearly got them somewhere. But I don't know. It felt It's a big gamble. It's a big gamble. It's a huge gamble for more players yeah. than one in, in the film. It's extraordinary that it, it worked out that way and that's how it came to life. Thank God they had the goods to back it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you couldn't lean on imposter syndrome in this context at all. Now, there's no question at all that Will Smith turns in a stellar performance in this role. His physicality especially and the voice work mm. is outstanding. Now, you know that he nailed the mannerisms and the physicality in his voice work. Mm. You know, he was incredibly enjoyable and transformative while you were watching the film, but it was cemented so much when the archival footage at the end of the film in the credits showed mm. Richard Williams in yeah. person and you thought, wow, that's Will Smith. Mm. I got chills thinking about it. He'd absolutely nailed it, I agree. And as I said earlier, it's hard to bring a complex character like this 
to life and make him likable because he's so stubborn mm. and he can be really controlling. You know, it's hard for Richard to hand over the reins to the coaches. Mm. As we said, you know, he flip-flopped on his goals for the girls. Right. First it was to make them the best and work for it. Then it was to be a kid and have fun and, you know, the no tournaments thing. So as, as a character, he's humble to a fault, I would say. With so much grey area yes. in between, right? Yeah. You were kind of like, what is he doing now? Why has he made that decision? At times you think he had so much control, but then absolutely no control yeah. at the same time. And, and Will Smith was the right actor to try mm. and portray those nuances. Did you like him, Lee? Is it, can I ask that question? Did you like Richard Williams? As a person, as a character? Yeah, it was hard, yeah. isn't it? Because despite his flaws... And there were definite flaws. He does what he does to help blaze a path for black women everywhere, which is really inspiring and to support his daughters, obviously. Mm. I just wonder also how much of it was their dream and how much of it was just because he had decided they were going to be tennis players. Like did they ever falter in their love for tennis? Did they always love tennis? I found those kind of avenues I really wanted to explore more. That is such a good point to make because we weren't given the opportunity to hear from Venus and Mm. Serena barely in this movie. They never really had a voice and maybe that's true to their Mm. experience. It's not until very, very far into the film that the parents give Venus the choice about an endorsement with Nike. It's her choice. But at the same time, I feel like it wasn't really her choice and it was made (laughs) for her. It was like, I don't know whether manipulation is too strong a word, but I agree, like surely Venus and Serena stumbled and didn't think they had it. Or was it so ingrained in them and they believed it so Mm. much that they were going to get there whatever it took because that's what their father had etched into them. So maybe that was the case. Yeah, and as I said, in the hands of a lesser actor, it it Mm. would have been a mess and he would have been really unlikable. So Will Smith's done a fantastic job here. Definite Oscar bait. I was going to ask you that. Do you think it's got him an Oscar nom in the can? for sure, for sure. I I would go so far as to say a win. I'm feeling very confident for him this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom. That's pretty big competition. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Maybe Nick Cage for Pig. He's getting a lot of buzz about his performance too. Suddenly it's not so sure, is it? Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) a little bit of doubt, a little bit of doubt. (laughs) I want to talk about Ingenue Ellis, who is a revelation as Venus and Serena's mother. Wow. Um, As are the kids playing Venus and Serena. Sanaya, Sydney especially, has to wrestle with, you know, Venus's ambition and who she is as an athlete growing up in this white world, you know, all these amazing things. And she was only a teenager at the time, mid-teens. Yeah, she was 15 when yeah. she went pro. So the performance of Sanaya Sydney was beautiful. Bit of trivia. I completely agree with everything you're saying. Mm. Back it all up. You know, they captured the innocence, the naivety as well, mm. and also the skills on the court. Yes. And Sanaya Sydney was actually left-handed, but Venus is right-handed. So she had to learn how to play oh. tennis as Venus does true to life. So that commitment to delivering a role authentically, yeah. you know, she was she achieved that behind the scenes that you wouldn't have known. That just makes her even more impressive. Love that piece of trivia. Thanks, Tim. Right, exactly. Now, Brandy Williams, I have to call out this particular scene that just blew me away. The scene that she had with Will Smith in the kitchen of their house Just such a brilliant display of her acting ability. And that made me want more for her character because you could see like what she was grappling with as a mother. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen more from her, definitely. 
that more of those family dynamics. I mean, you saw them all get along really well, which is really cute. They had five girls. My goodness, yes. I can't well, imagine. plus plus other children that he had apparently, and she had. Oh, like illegitimately or right? Oh, I don't know. But they never dove into it, so we wouldn't know. Well, that's it. Yeah, these complex layers to these characters we didn't see. But yeah, uh, uh, th- there was a lot on the surface they could have delved into, but you know, they could only do so much, I suppose. Let's touch on briefly the tennis scenes because it's an mm. underdog sports story. So you need those really exciting tennis matches, you know, where everything's on the line. Is she going to win? And the thing is, you know what the outcome is because you know how yeah. these things went down. But at the same time, I found it so. So exciting. Just the way the camera was framed, the action, how good Sonia Sydney was on the court. It was all really exciting to watch. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Lee, because yes, you do know the outcome. Yeah. You know, it, it is in history. It's been, it's in the past, but you get swept up in the spectacle, don't you? And how beautifully that it's shot. Yeah. And I kept leaning towards the screen. I don't know yeah. about you, but I, I, I felt like I was watching an actual game yep. of tennis on the telly. That sounds really silly to say out loud, but do, <laughs> you, do you were. understand what I mean? <laughs> I was, yeah, exactly. On the big screen. <laughs> and do you have much of a, a love of the sport of tennis? Like, Do you watch the Australian Open, Wimbledon? What's your experience there? Oh, look, I'll watch the big matches, but no, I'm not a huge tennis fan, to be honest. Mm, well, I encourage like if you can't go to an actual match. Have you been to an actual match before? No, and I lived in London for years, so I should have gone to oh, Wimbledon. You never went to Wimbledon? Nope. Oh, see, I did the thing where you get there on the queue at like four in the morning <laughs> to queue up to get into the into the grounds, and mm. I yeah, oh my gosh, it was the one of the greatest things I did in London. Sorry to rub salt in the wound, but <laughs> okay. hopefully you get that experience. I'll survive one day, Lee. <laughs> you'll survive, you'll live. I'll watch King Richard again. Okay, sounds like a good idea. All right, Lee, what do you reckon? Should we wrap up our review and rate King Richard? Let's do it. So Richard Williams's life is a story worth telling, I think. He pulled himself out of adversity and fought the racism of the times with a dedication to his family that just drove everything he did. And he was so instrumental in pushing his daughters to greatness, apart from their natural talent and hard work ethic. But this film is less about the man and his journey than it is about the making of Venus told through the frame of their father in a way that shows us both sides of this complex man who was painted as a pain in the ass to the tennis world for you know his theatrics and his stubbornness. It's an underdog story and a royally good one at that with family drama and overcoming prejudice driving it to inspirational success and the stellar performances are out of this world. I'm giving King Richard four popcorn kernels out of five. Love that, Lee. So this film is about what it takes to be the best and is a fascinating and inspirational window into how the Williams sisters came to be. Will Smith is sensational and is deserved of an Oscar nomination and likely win, as we discussed. I enjoyed this sports biopic and learned a great deal about the world of tennis and the story behind two of the game's most iconic players. But where it lacked was giving a platform for other voices outside of Richard Williams' story and his decision to glaze over some meaty content I would have loved for it to dive into. However, I'm going to rate King Richard three and a half popcorn kernels. There you go. King Richard is in Australian cinemas from January 13. Okay, Lee, for the first time this year, let's jump into our news and trailer section. Let's kick it off. So the Morbius release date has been pushed back three months from January 20 to March 31. Now, this is interesting because this is the seventh 
and yes, that's seventh release date <laughs> change for this film starring Jared Leto as the anti-hero Dr. Michael Morbius, who tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease and instead infects himself with a form of vampirism. I can't believe that we're up to the seventh release date yeah. for this film. And I actually thought those had settled. Right. You know, I didn't think we were going to get another one, especially now that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home has been released. We want this one to come hot on its heels. Exactly. I find it very, very bizarre that they haven't decided to keep it at the end of January to ride on the success of No Way Home, which is quickly becoming one of the highest grossing films yeah. of all time. Morbius is part of that universe, mm. supposedly. It's wild, but I mean, who, what do we know, right? Yeah. We just sit tight for another three months <laughs> exactly. and hopefully get to see it then. So Vanessa Kirby is in talks to star in Ridley Scott's Napoleon epic Kitbag, replacing Jodie Comer in the role who unfortunately had to exit due to scheduling conflicts. You know, what a shame. Jodie is one of my favourite actresses right mm. now, but hell, to swap her out with Vanessa Kirby, I ain't mad about that. No. So Kirby will star as Josephine to Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon Bonaparte in the film, which focuses on Napoleon's rise to emperor and his volatile relationship with Josephine. Did you know that Ridley Scott was making this movie? Yes, I think we've talked about it, but Kit Bag's an interesting title for it. Do you know the nah. what that means? No. Nah. Mm, okay. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> So, Tim, speaking of Spider-Man, Tom Holland apparently had an idea for a young James Bond film, Would Watch. The Spider-Man star <laughs> revealed in an interview in Total Film that it was his pitch for a Bond origin story that ultimately sparked conversations about Uncharted, his new adventure flick co-starring Mark Wahlberg and Antonio Banderas. I'd watch a film of Tom Holland like painting his bedroom walls or something <laughs> like I'm all there. So Uncharted is based on the popular PlayStation game about Nathan Drake, a treasure hunter who travels across the world in search of historical mysteries. Now, Holland said something about pitching this project, right? He did. He had a meeting with Sony, as we said, and he said, I had a meeting after or during Spider-Man 2 with Sony to pitch this idea of a young Bond film. It didn't work. It was the dream of a young kid, and I don't think the Bond estate were particularly interested. How crazy I would have watched that in a second. I can't believe that this never leaked earlier, and it came from the mouth of Tom Holland, because he's usually where the source of the leak comes from. <laughs> So it's interesting that he decided now to share that piece of news. It makes mm. sense. No Time to Die is, is the last Daniel Craig one. Mm. It's on top of the mind. Who's going to be the next Bond? When's that going to come out? Yeah. To throw in that he pitched a prequel series yeah. is fascinating. I'm really interested to see where they take the Bond franchise after No Time to Die. It's going to be really interesting. And and I'm really excited for Uncharted. I'm not a huge fan of the game, but it's an incredibly popular game, like one of the most popular games of all time. Right. And it looks fantastic. The movie looks really exciting. It really does. And if there's any doubt that Tom Holland puts himself straight into his projects, he gets thrown around a yes. lot in the trailer. So it's going to be full of action you know, stunts. budding action star Tom Holland, he's so good at action scenes. Well, he thought he was good enough to play a young James Bond. So yeah, yeah. I love that uh, confidence from mm. Master Holland. Right, what else is happening, Lee? We've got Disney Pixar's Turning Red, which will now skip cinemas and be released exclusively on Disney Plus Worldwide on March 11th. This is a bit of a shame. I would have loved to have seen mm. this one on the big screen. So the animation follows May, a boy band obsessed 13-year-old who turns into a giant red panda when she gets too excited. This movie is so cute. 
I love the premise. And I'm disappointed too, Lee. This is yet another Pixar film that has yeah. had to skip cinemas. We had Soul. We had Onward here in Australia. Luca. Cinemas, I believe. Luca. Just really, really sad. Pixar are beautiful films mm. that so deserve to be seen in the cinemaplex. So, Tim, Rooney Mara is going to star as Audrey Hepburn in an upcoming biopic for Apple and the actress will also produce. Have you seen pictures of the two of them side by side? I have. She's going to pull it off looks-wise. Oh, my God. Literally, they hardly have to change anything. It's quite extraordinary mm. seeing how much of a doppelganger she <laughs> yeah. is to Audrey Hepburn. Are you excited for this movie? Yeah, I'm interested. When do you think it's going to take place? Do you think it'll cover her Breakfast at Tiffany era? It would have to, wouldn't it, I guess? Because visually she seems to be of that age unless they play in prosthetics and yeah, she gets a little know. older and such like. It's hard with biopics to span a whole lifetime of people. Especially when they're so complex and interesting. You mm. want it to nail a particular period rather than yeah trying to cover off decades and decades. Well, Tim, it's been a sad start to the year because we've lost iconic actors Betty White and Sydney Poitier. Although Betty White passed away well, on the last day of last year, 2021, kicking us in the guts on the way out. Yeah, really. It's like, oh, just hold my drink. Got one more thing to, <laughs> to leave you in 2021 with. So, Sir Sydney Potier was aged 94 in incredible innings and he was best known for films such as To Sew With Love and he was also the first black man to win the Best Actor Oscar back in 1964 for Lilies of the Field. He was also the recipient of an honorary Oscar in 2002 for his extraordinary performances and his unique presence on the screen and for just representing the industry with dignity, style, intelligence. You know, interestingly, that same year, 2002, Mm. Denzel Washington won Best Actor for Training Day. So the last time that an African-American, a black man had won the Best Actor Oscar was actually Sydney back in 1964. So it was all that time. And it was the same year he got his honorary award. So very poetic. Ridiculous though, also. And of course, Betty White, you know, America's sweetheart to the nth (laughs) degree is best known for her roles in the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Golden Girls sitcoms and so many movies. She just makes everything better that she's a part of. She had like a renaissance in her career with the proposal that Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds film. All of a sudden, Betty White was the biggest star on the planet. We'd love to see her rise back to fame again. Very extraordinary, you know almost 15, 20 years on the planet before she passed. And what's even sadder is that she passed away a mere weeks before her 100th birthday. I mean, come on, universe. Yeah. Couldn't you let her get to 100? I mean, I saw, I read something online just to finish on mm. that Betty White had lived through X amount of leap years and so the days uh, over those years amounted to her actually making it to her 100th birthday if they weren't oh, leap years. <laughs> so, I love that. That's a great yeah. moment to leave it on. Nice and uplifting yeah. for sad news. There you go. <laughs> so that's it for our first episode back of Season 7, Tim. We covered King Richard starring Will Smith. And you can catch King Richard in Australian cinemas from January 13. It's an excellent film, guys. I think you'll really love it. And... Will Will Smith win the Oscar? Wait and see. We'll find out very, very soon. (laughs) All right, guys, as always, thank you so, so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Hold up. 
Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.